Hello and welcome to Backstage, the entertainment podcast from Sky News. Now, if you're new to us, make sure that you subscribe. You can listen back to all of our old editions. Plenty of interviews, lots of good stuff for you there. But first, there's a lot for us to be getting on with. Fleabag is back. We're very excited. So we're going to be talking about Fleabag. Haven't seen her since. Except for... Nice jumpsuit. Thank you. You look well. Where have you been? Boots. Lovely there this time of year. Plus lots of other TV gossip. What's leaving us cold and what's getting us going? A good day is when I don't go around wanting to shoot random strangers in the face and then turn the gun on myself. I didn't spark joy for you. Spark joy. But first, we haven't seen each other in ages. So, Stevie, you're, you're joining us from New York. Bethany's yes. here back from the Oscars. Oh, my God, how is everyone? Good, 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 good. to be back. Be- <laughs> Bethany, you do have to tell us, like, the behind the scenes of what happened there. Anything kind of funny? Any kind of mishaps? Oh, have you, did was, you notice anything cool? It was just lovely. It was all really good fun. I'm now suffering from the opposite of Paris syndrome, which Japanese tourists get when they come back from Paris and they're really disappointed at how grey and cold it is but I'm not I've got LA syndrome and it's just bigger and brighter and more amazing than I you noticed expect. you managed to black yourself into a few of the gifting suites and things like that Ooh, definitely did manage to hold an Oscar because when you're in when you're in LA you've got to um, it was amazing <laughs> it was really really fun and it's yeah being back in, in Blighty is a bit tough it's a bit grey but you know got Glastonbury to look forward to exactly got all the festivals soon <laughs> so you can't yeah. Yeah. And I got you guys. It's great to be back. Uh, Come on. (laughs) We'll soon batter that out of you. Let's all start being mean and teasing each other and what have you. (laughs) Have you seen Dirty John? They've turned that the podcast into I listened to the podcast, but I haven't seen the film. Oh, you're in for a treat. Oh, is it a good one? Um, It's very much like the podcast as well you know how you sort of listen to the girls and you're like oh these these girls are really spoiled and the life that they've come from yeah and they're just cross about their mum they're just cross that she's got her own life and they've done an amazing casting of certainly the daughters in it as well so that's that's been an interesting one to watch have you been watching Dirty John Stevie? Uh, I watched the first episode and I kind of moved on the acting was not to my taste so I kind of (laughs) left it at that poor Eric Banner (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a little bit naff but it's one of those things where if you haven't listened to the podcast, mm. I think you'd probably think this is a sort of made-for-TV A TV movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's so fantastical. That's how it was, wasn't it? This very rich woman who was manipulated into sort of falling for this compulsive liar oh, who had this awful dark past yeah yeah, yeah. Like it's worth oh, watching i might watch it just podcast. like a sort of a, a dirty pleasure a kind of a guilty <laughs> a guilty tv movie well you'd think that the comedy that's out there at the moment would be um uh, there to be cheering us up but actually even the comedy shows that are out at the moment are all rather dark <laughs> does it um, say something about the psyche of, of, just of what, everyone at the moment like, if, if we were being hippies about it are we just attracting this yeah, darkness yeah, into our lives negative energy on, guys <laughs> shake it off <laughs> Um, but no, but everyone's talking about Ricky Gervais's uh, comedy at the moment, aren't they? Afterlife. Mm. Uh, in it, he plays a local newspaper journalist whose wife's died. It starts with a, a video recording of his wife talking yeah. to him and explaining to him how he has to get on with his life and look after himself. And Played we'll, by the lovely Kerry Godleman. Yeah, we'll yeah. play you a little bit of that now. If you're watching this, then I'm not around anymore. But don't spiral, don't obsess. Keep going. So how are you? A good day is when I don't go around wanting to shoot random strangers in the face and then turn the gun on myself. 
but he is just struggling to carry on. A lot of it is him talking about wanting to kill himself, that mm. he hates the world and that he's decided if he's going to be around, he's going to do basically whatever he can to uh, upset other people and say what he likes and be brutally honest. And it is... Meant to be a comedy, um, <laughs> but it, it certainly puts the the tragedy tragedy into tragedy comedy, doesn't it? Does. it? It's very Ricky Gervais, isn't yeah. it? I've watched the first couple, and yeah, I'm still on the fence. I'm enjoying it, but it's um, yeah, it's very Ricky Gervais. He's 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 being worldly wise, and he's sort of giving you his moral lessons, and he always kind of knows everything. I, I, feel... I would say give it a go, like because like. A lot of friends, because uh, um, I posted on, on my Facebook, and I said, hey, everybody, you should watch this, this show, Afterlife. It's really good. And everybody wrote back. They're like, oh, that first episode, he's mm. just such a miserable git. Like, like how do you... <laughs> like Victor Meldrew you know, like you, kind of... Yeah, yeah and it's vibe. like, how, like, really, should I... And I'm like, honestly, if you stick with this, the, the, the kind of result will be a positive one, you know? And, and, and so I just... I love his, his version of, like, being incredulous around all the stupidity around him. And so <laughs> that, to me, makes me giggle a little bit. And, and he he plays that in full force in the show, and 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 it's uh, I, I I liked it a lot. I just wonder if perhaps it should be classed as a comedy though, because perhaps if you came at it as more of an approach of it being yeah. a serious thing about grief and with the occasional laughs, then that that seemed more appropriate to me. I just really struggled. I I really. Found there it were very some depressing. very graphic. I know it's got um, like a warning slate and stuff, but obviously it's Netflix, so you know it's not. Yeah. I think they mm. can push the boundaries, which is something that's interesting. Now we can push boundaries. We don't have to say, "Oh, that's not appropriate for TV." But yeah, it was quite graphic. Definitely, I think I was a bit shocked. The bit where he was in the bath with a raised leg. Yeah. yeah, and for me, I kind of thought, "Wow, God, that really, really kind of like shocked me." But it I did carry worse. on. Sorry. Oh gosh, oh, really, really. Oh, no. I can, thank God for his dog. I mean, I mean, yeah. I know that's kind of the point in the show, yeah. but I think I wonder how much of a bit of an insight we're getting into Ricky Gervais here, because mm. I think, I think probably bits of this are really, really him. <laughs> it's it's certainly all of his uh, body of work. If you take it, it has this real poignancy, mm. doesn't it? It's very, um, it's it is the darker side of. Of comedy, isn't it? Do you know what it reminded me of? Have you seen um, on Netflix "Kidding" with Jim Carrey? No, but um, I want to. Yeah. So again, it's dark, a yeah. it's a very dark one as well. It's written by the creator of Weeds, um, directed by uh, Michelle Gondry, and so it's him reunited uh, with Jim Carrey for they both worked together, didn't they, on Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Um, and he plays a kids' TV presenter called Mr. Pickles in this sort of Sesame Street uh, type sort of setup where there's lots of puppets bits around him and he's a much loved sort of children's TV character but his son's died and his wife has left him and it, it's um, all about him wanting to be able to express his grief um, through the TV show but the TV show is sort of run by his dad and his dad wants him to carry on sort of playing it how they've yeah. always played it and not sort of rocking the boat. It's the part of you that no one can see but you know it's there and I do too. That's the part of you that no one can take away. Because that's the part of you that's really you. Again, very, very dark and, and yeah, makes you well up at times. Is, but... it, is it classic Jim Carrey or do we get to see Jim's acting chops in this? Because he obviously, he's a fantastic actor, he really is. Well, in many ways, it's the ultimate sort of Jim Carrey role because it's him challenging that thing that he's hated for so many years of the fact that people see him as this mm, stereotype, zany. Yeah. zany, goofball type character. Um, and it's him sort of showing 
you sort of see a bit of him in this mm. character. Oh, because now he's very much into art, isn't he? Um, Jim Carrey obviously hasn't been doing loads and loads of acting work recently. No, he hasn't really had a hit in a while. He hasn't. He kind of stepped back because there was that point, wasn't there, in the sort of 90s. And he was just in everything. He was was everywhere. But yeah, he has totally stepped back. But that's, oh, I I must, I'm a big Jim Carrey fan. The one thing that they can never do any wrong, though, with uh, is Fleabag. Fleabag. That's so good. How are we enjoying the return of Fleabag? It's dark, though, isn't it? (laughs) It's it's just. Oh, I think the first episode in particular, it was it was really. Well, should we play a bit of that? We got through the 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 dinner party scene. So that classic (laughs) um, scene where you've got a little. Do you know what I forgot? Olivia Coleman was in this as well. Oscar winning Olivia Coleman. Yeah, Oscar winning Olivia Coleman playing Fleabag's terrible uh, soon to be stepmother, uh, who's also an artist. So here she is talking about her the the show that she's just done in Japan. Weren't you both in Japan recently? Japan, wow. Oh, yes, that was just a little fortnight. <laughs> Don't ask her. Why were you in Japan? Well, I was. They... Oh, sorry, darling. Oh, no, no. Thank you. Um, they flew us over with this exhibition. And you, you really made it of... Sorry, darling. But... Do you want to... No, no, no. No? no. Oh. You see, you think of the Japanese as a very prudish people. Well, they're not a general. But actually, they have a very deep interest in sex in their culture. It's just hidden in the underbelly. It's not allowed to come to the surface. Oh, fair enough. They really appreciate you know, the honesty the, of the sex exhibition. The, whereas the, the Americans. The Americans, well, well, they just took me in their stride. Oh, oh. But <laughs> the Japanese were deeply moved by my work, I think, weren't they, darling? Yeah. It caused quite a cultural wave. Ripple. Wave. It's a different feel to this season of Fleabag, isn't it? Because isn't it weird to see her just biting her tongue and you're just waiting to see when she's going to sort of bubble out and we're going to see the real Fleabag. But Phoebe Waller-Bridge is just incredible. Oh, and she's broken America. Honestly, she's gone on to so much success since she, you know, since Fleabag started as a like a one one woman show in Edinburgh, yeah. and then she's gone on to take over and the that world. One woman show is on uh, off Broadway at the moment. Have you got a ticket yet, Stevie? No, and I was very very bad at it. like when I finally realized that it was going on. I went onto the site to try to buy tickets, and of course all the tickets were like in the two hundred dollars, yeah. the three hundred dollar oh. range, and I was like, mm, I don't love her enough for that. But like it is very nice to see that her 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 run of Fleabag is totally sold out, yeah. and you know you know she had to leave Killing Eve season two in order to do Fleabag and. So that tells me, like, I'm a little bit bummed that she's not taking over the uh, the, the show running's kind of of of, of Killing Eve, which yeah. is coming up. Yeah, exactly. But Fleabag is so good this season, and her her relationship, or maybe uh, with this this the priest. priest. Oh my Andrew gosh! Scott. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, I think I think we can all agree that. with what they concluded at the end of the first episode. It's that he's a very hot priest. Yeah, yes, very good. True. <laughs> sort of program where um, I assumed but that my mother would hate it and I was around my mum's house the other day and she was like oh there's this good program called Fleabag that's on later that I saw the first episode of last week and I think this series I, was, I, I told my mum don't watch the first series because I feel like that will ruin it for her I, d- I don't want to even her to be aware of masturbating to <laughs> Barack Obama and Ever. things like that. Yeah. No, but this this one is it's sort of it's a bit of a more palatable one, certainly for my mum anyway. <laughs> if we judge things, on yeah, because it's not always one you can necessarily want to be watching, like yeah, like you said, with the parents or the in laws or anyone you'd be embarrassed no. around. It's um yeah because it's a frank discussion of life, isn't uh, it? Speaking of like shows that you shouldn't watch with your family, I heard that a lot of people. There's a new series on BBC, I think one called Mother, Father, Son. 
What have you done? Your son can't be trusted. He's a threat, Max. We are all capable of disloyalty. It's from the guy who, who wrote The Assassination of Gianni Versace. And everybody got together because Richard Gere's in it, you know, and they were like, let's all watch this new show that looks very dramatic. And the suggestion's in the title, isn't it? Get your family yeah. together to watch this yeah, lovely exactly. show. And so all of these family members got together to watch this show. And then there turns out to be the craziest, coldest sex scene ever with full male frontal nudity. <laughs> oh. And like, apparently people were on Twitter going like, I just watched this show with my gran and didn't know what to do afterwards. It's Richard Gere, you think, well, yeah. no, it's going to be a nice Pretty woman. family. Prestigious, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but you're right. You're right, actually, because, yeah, I, I watched that too. And, yeah, that sex scene was something else. But I Ugh. would like to say it is very nice to see the man disrobe and oh, to yes. see all his bits and pieces before them. Obviously, then, of course, we did for the lady as well. That's fine. But it was just, yes, it wasn't straight in there on the lady getting her kit off. Now, I haven't seen it, but I was reading some of the reviews and one of the reviews said it's a show that is smothered by its own self-importance. <laughs> is that right? Sound about right? I, I, I think there's a possibility of that. Um, it's a slow... Well, it's, it's, I don't even know if there's a burn. It's just slow. Um, <laughs> it is right slow. Now. I've got to agree. But hang on. I've seen it. I haven't. I've only seen the first one, and I've seen a yeah. trailer for the second one. Now, unless it's just the trailer, it looked like a completely different kettle of fish. The second one, because I don't want to give any spoilers, Ooh. but something happens to one of the major characters towards the end of the first ep, and and in the second trailer for the second program it looked totally different it looked like a whole different show so whether it develops that and obviously the character has completely changed because of what's happened to them i'm sort of curious to watch mm. it now just to see the very cold sex just scene, watch it for the sex scene. <laughs> yeah yeah but i won't invite my mum around for that one <laughs> um what i am really liking have you seen curfew with uh yes. sean bean billy zane amazing cast curfew will begin in 10 minutes people want the curfew they want to be safe. Like a cross between, um, have you seen the, the movie Death Race, where they're sort of yes. escaping to get out of a prison, and All the purge and like that kind wacky of... races as well, <laughs> and The Walking Dead. It is absolutely mental, the wow. concept of it. Um, but it's brilliant, it's brilliant. It's like this sort of totalitarian alternative version of England where there's a curfew every night and the only way that people are going to beat the system is to take part in this massive <laughs> secret car race. <laughs> it sounds mental. That's the pitch. It? It Could you weird. imagine, like, talking to Sean Bean? It's yeah. just like, oh yeah, so basically... <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, all right, how much are you paying yeah, me? Let's do it. Well, yeah, that makes nice. me panic. It makes me, because I always think, God, what if these things come true? Perhaps I should keep the mini topped up with diesel just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. blimey. Um, I'm enjoying it, though. It's very fun. It's, um, it's... Throw a few zombies in and it's always <laughs> good money for good You're in. Money. You're in. Uh, it's a lot of fun, definitely. And, and, and my thing is I discovered it, like, totally by random. Like, what is this? And then I kind of started watching it. And, and then I realized what I was getting myself into. And I was like, what's happening here? This is the weirdest show I've seen. And then, of course, Sean Bean's in it. And all I can think of is, like, oh, great. Is he, is he going to last this one, too? He, at yeah. this point, he's died in pretty much every everything that he's been doing in the past couple of years. So bless him. I don't know if he's going to have the same run this time around, but, uh, you know, hopefully he'll make it through. He's don't got to survive something, right? That is the thing. It's a, it's a sort of A-list 
TV level cast, isn't it? And you do think, well, they can't really afford <laughs> to be paying all of this lot for for a yeah. long time. Well, yeah. we still have Miranda Richardson. I mean, she's she's she was in the we first episode yeah, as like a, as a shot, and we haven't seen anything about her. Um, but yeah, it's it's hilarious. Or the show Billy Zane, is, yeah. You just see Billy Zane oh, as yeah. this mental hippie that's sort of driving past in Taking a camper Polaroids. van. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. I love it when shows <laughs> do a bit of a, a psycho thing though, and they kill off a character that you think is too big to be killed off and they just do it and then you're like oh, oh I'm they- unsettled I don't know what's going on <laughs> They did that almost immediately because Michael yeah. Bean, who was the Terminator, he was in the uh, first Terminator, he was one of the drivers. And then by literally like, oh, gosh, I just spoiled, didn't I? This is really bad. But like, you know, he may not have lived at, at the second episode, <laughs> after the second episode. Um, but like, it was just, I guess they set the tone. It's like, yes, yeah. we have stars in, but, but... now we're going we're gonna to do anything with these people. Yeah. So, All these beans, um, wow. That... He's not related to yeah, Sean. Yeah, that's true. No, no. no. <laughs> Can I just, to, to bring it into a very light and frothy, can I just say I've been really <laughs> enjoying Marie Kondo, decluttering Aww. the world and making it a better place. I am going to figure out what sparks joy in my life. I can't well, believe you can touch the carpet. <laughs> new day, new joy. Thank you for being here for us and wanting to help us. I hope you know how much this means to me. Here we go. And oh, sparking yeah. joy throughout, throughout the world. I have major issues with Marie Kondo. <laughs> I just want to be it. her. What I want issues? to be her. I just think it's fundamentally flawed what she's doing. <laughs> A, can anyone tell me who the hell she is and where she's come from and why we're letting this woman, woman into our houses to do all this? She's come from Japan. Well, yeah, yeah apparently. <laughs> she's got the translator, hasn't she? But yeah. I, I would like to see the list of credentials which makes her this expert and also if you're meant to throw out anything that doesn't spark joy in your life I'm sorry but I could not come to work in the clothes that spark joy in my life I'd be coming to work in like a beautiful ball ground or my tracksuit bottoms none of my work clothes spark joy in my life well but maybe that's more about me she isn't does it? she does say like useful stuff as well because then I think you have to think of the function sparking yes. joy so so perhaps wearing your work clothes doesn't make bring you joy but maybe the fact that then it allows you to go to work and to maybe get ready quickly in the morning and that's sparking joy yeah it's not sparking joy in you i can tell (laughs) katie but i've got to actually that's a fair point that you bring up because i think that's the one there's a lot of hugging in the show which is nice but it does take up an awful lot of time so quite a lot of i think they could have been harsher with the editing because there's a lot of hugging and greeting and there's like you said there's a translator and it's all it's all very does it need to be an hour Mm, yeah Mm. but i think that's the only point where i was like oh mary you needed to prepare that answer better because when (laughs) (laughs) she's obviously doing america now i think that probably has very different issues to when she's decluttering somebody in japan she? She's a declutter expert, a lifestyle She's a expert. expert. Yeah, yes. four books, your bestsellers. <laughs> yeah, it's all absolutely. Good. The magical art of folding, tidying up. Folding, <laughs> folding's big. Folding's yeah, a big exactly. thing. There's a whole yeah. Folding's a real thing. There's videos you can watch. But a couple of the ladies that that she decluttered asked a specific question about clothes that you don't fit into, but you hope one day to fit into. <laughs> now I think that's anyone in the world can really associate with that. I certainly can. And Marie Kondo couldn't really answer it, and I don't think maybe she's had that. She's very tidy herself, and I, I like she looks and tidy. Tiny. She's she trim. Can fit into anything. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I don't think she got the question because then she was just kind of like, oh well, if it doesn't spark joy, get rid of it. But I could totally see one of the women's issues was that it doesn't 
different now, but I need to be wearing something every day and it fits mm. and it does the job. And I think, yeah, that's maybe she needs to think about that for the Western, like for America and the UK, definitely. we That's an issue, isn't it? I don't trust her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say it here and now. She looks too perfect. I don't trust I'd her. I'd really like to invite her into my house and for her to declutter me. Well, I will suspiciously watch <laughs> from the corner of the room and keep an eye on your belongings for keep a, you, Bethany. You can, you can keep a little side pile for me that you think, well, she'll want that later. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put them all in my car and then you can come crying to me in about three weeks after Marie's gone saying, I've got nothing to wear. And I'll buy them back. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So, unfortunately, the next things that we're going to be talking about are not going to be sparking any joy because we have to talk about the death of Luke Perry, mm. who, uh, yeah. you know, died died at 52 yeah. from young. a stroke. So and, and so young. And, of course, a lot of us remember him from uh, Beverly Hills 90210. And then for a younger generation, he was the father in Riverdale. And so, over the, his career, we've, we've got to kind of be with this man for so long and and you know all all kind of you know things aside like this man was allegedly a very very nice man and everybody that kind of worked with him and kind of been around him really really loved loved him you know and so it's quite sad when he when he passed and uh i don't know it felt really weird like one of our own kind of passed away yeah it was really unexpected i mean i, I guess often sudden deaths are but you just kind of think god what no surely not and i think it's since emerged that he was planning to marry his his partner of 11 yeah. and a half years yeah. they'd sent out save the date invitations and, and it's really sad that obviously completely out of the blue as you said he had the stroke and then and died you know have you seen the later. awfulness that his daughter has had to put this um uh instagram post up because people were picking Ugh. on her as well um so it isn't social media just awful at some time so mm. his daughter's 18 years old and uh has only posted like a couple of posts onto instagram since it had happened uh, but one of them was on International Women's Day. She posted a picture of her mum saying, this woman has really helped me get through one of the toughest times of my life. And that was enough to uh, spark trolls from uh, into saying, why are you on Instagram now already? Oh, this is too soon. Um, so she's, she's put a post saying, to those of you shaming me for my language and my wardrobe and most disgustingly my grieving process... Do us both the favour and just unfollow. I mean, who is it that thinks they're qualified to be the morning police and to be to yeah. judge other people's way of dealing with things? I just don't understand. Just too much time on their hands, I guess. Definitely. But people who are making the most of their time, though, uh, have you heard about the people in um, Braintree where Keith Flint, because we also lost Keith Flint yeah. from the prodigy. I'm a fire starter. Their number one, he was their hit maker. Yeah. Just the brilliant, brilliant yeah. electric performance. He just started he off gave. as a dancer and then was he, he, just dancer? he was just their dancer and then they finally let him have a go at singing a track and, and literally Firestarter went to number one, Breathe went to number one and they were like, Oh okay, we're on to something good here. Oh, yeah, he had the magic touch. I was gonna say though, people in, in Braintree where he um, obviously lived uh, have got this massive petition that's happening at the moment to try and get a big statue up. Can you imagine having a statue oh. of Keith? That would be great, wouldn't it? That'd be awesome. Slash terrifying for young children, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Can you just tell me? Like, obviously, an amazing musician, very talented, full of charisma. But he's also a nice guy by all accounts because all the stories yeah. come out, don't they? Obviously, when a you know when a celebrity dies and people tell stories about them. Oh, let me find the James Blunt tweet. Hang on, have you heard the James Blunt story? It's amazing. Okay, right, got it. Um, at the Q Awards years ago, when Noel Gallagher was saying he was leaving Ibiza because I'd moved there, and Damon Albarn refused to be in the same picture as me, Keith Flint came over, gave me a hug, and said how thrilled he was for my success. Keith, I only met you once, but I shed a tear at the news of your death. In our business, there are no prizes for being kind, but if there was, that Grammy would be yours. We need more people like Keith Flint. It's not about being necessarily, you know, like everyone else or looking like everyone else or doing what's expected of you. I saw them a couple of years ago at the Exit Festival in Serbia Mm. and it was one of the most terrifying (laughs) gigs of my life because I hate it when people push. But the control that um, Keith had as the frontman, so everyone was sort of, you know, and it's dancey, dancey, jostling, craziness. And I was like, oh, I don't really (laughs) want to be this near to the front to my friend. Um, But there was a stage, uh, one stage during the actual gig where he got everyone to just do exactly as he said. He was like, right, now everyone is just going to get down on the ground, really close to the floor. And, like, the thousands of people were just quiet on the ground and then, obviously, just the dance music yeah. kicked in and everyone just exploded and jumped up and stuff. But, oh, he was, he was a one-off, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, that shows, I think, in you know, the tributes and the reaction. Um, and they're back in the charts, aren't they, The Prodigy? Yeah. Several of their tracks have, yeah. have gone back in. Based so. off of that. Yeah. I think people, basically, it's one of those things where everyone spent the day wanting to listen to The Prodigy, didn't they? Definitely, really? yeah. yeah. Some good tracks to get out. Um, sticking with the music, can we have a quick chat about K-pop as well? There's some, oh. some very dark things happening is, over there. What is with going K-pop? on, Stevie? This is a dark episode, by the way. I just want to yeah. like just let, let's just rename oh, sorry, this episode. These, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, but we'll make up for this, it next week. It's fine. Exactly. This is super juicy, and I, you know, and I really shouldn't have any kind of weird joy like reading up on this stuff. But the thing is, these so K-pop, as as maybe some of you don't know, is a form of music that's coming out of Korea, and it's turned into this worldwide phenomenon because Huge. they really know how to you know process these you know these these boy bands and girl yeah, bands. Like BTS, and stuff. BTS, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Their world tours sold out. The oh. London one, oh, yeah. they're only doing two gigs, but yeah, sold out in yeah. minutes. BTS, there's there's Big Bang, which is part of this this scandal. Part of their whole thing is they're squeaky clean, you know, that's the image and they they don't seem like people who have sexual relations and they're all like kind of like, you know, polished, especially the boys, they're like just kind of um, very safe for all these young girls to kind of aspire <laughs> to want to maybe one day date them. And like so, Ken dolls or something quite exactly. Well, they're like yeah. Ken, they're like pre-Ken dolls, so oh. they're really young looking, you know. And so, um, the Big Bang is one of the biggest ones that have been out there. And the problem is they've been on hold because two of the members have had to go into uh, military service. And this third one that's going to go in is this guy named Sung Gri, and he's one of the youngest one, and everybody loves him. But it turns out that he's he is a manager of one of these clubs in uh, Gangnam, you know, remember Gangnam yeah. Style? Gangnam the style sci- yeah. So so Gangnam is a popular, very uh, upwardly mobile kind of area in, in, in Seoul. And so this this club existed, and what they were kind of secretly known for was that they would have young girls go, and they would kind of 
maybe, you know, the, the men that attended, they would then get to hang out with these young girls. And so um, there was a video that kind of went out there where they saw one of the security people grab a young girl and drag her into one of these private VIP rooms so then she can entertain uh, one of the guests. And so that video got leaked out. And because of that, the scandal then turned into how Seungri was was maybe involved with something even bigger than that. The charges but, are that he's been supplying prostitutes to people. Oh gosh, to it's business like pimping. Investors. Yeah. And, what, is pimping. It, and are they sort of like fans? These are just young know. girls that probably just went to, you don't know. I mean, they, they a lot of people probably knew what kind of club this, they were dealing with. But then the the kind of abuse that they were, they were treated to is just kind of shocking. And then, then in that kind of investigation, it turned into that there was a uh, a chat among a bunch of celebrities and other singers from yeah, other boy bands and stuff. A WhatsApp chat, wasn't it? Yeah. A WhatsApp chat. Um, and so then uh, one of the members is this guy named Jung Jun Young, who admitted basically he was secretly filming himself having sex with young girls oh, and sharing goodness. the footage. And so this, Sh- and this sharing chat- it, what? Privately among group. The, with the group. With this group. Oh my yeah. goodness. And so, so then they would also say things like, oh, that young actress is cute. Maybe you should invite her to one of our parties. And so it just gets really, really disgusting. Yeah, really dark. And it's really dark. And so that guy, of course, is now no longer part of the, his group too. And so it's just gotten really... But I do have to say the one positive thing out of all of this, and this is really strange for me to say this, but the woman is a woman who kind of uh, uh, first went into this uh, investigation and she was the one that exposed all of this drama and stupidity among these young men. And so her name is Kang Kyun Yun, and I just got to give her a big up because she was the one that had access to, you know, she found out about this chat, she looked into it, and then, like, exposed it slowly, and now everybody's paying the price, which is good. Yeah. And I uh, just got a big up to these ladies. So, definitely. so um, It feels like another sort of Me Too moment, mm. doesn't it, for the oh, industry? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, 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 you know, in Korea, there's been a lot of, there's an ep- epidemic, you know, of, of how, like, the way young women are treated and how they are kind of and so this is all this is all part of the the investigation and i'm really glad that these things are happening like you know you know yeah, it's coming in, to in light someplace like yeah uh, but k-pop definitely is now a little bit um <laughs> scarred in terms somewhat. of their imagery yeah, yeah, exactly. it's tainted, yeah. it'll tarnished anything that's presented as shinier and purer than anything else you should question maybe did you see the other thing that's t- shiny and like people going to colleges are now there's like this whole drama <laughs> in the United States yeah. uh, that involves Huffman. some celebrities. Yes, desperate housewives. Felicity Huffman. Yeah, one of uh, around got arrested. forty people, isn't she? Yeah. So they're charged about. Um, I think it's slightly more than forty people charged with trying to um, pay to get their kids into these very high-profile schools. I mean, it's it's. You couldn't make it up. Apparently, no. there was actually sort of a, a guns pointed at Felicity Hoffman in her house to try and get her to. But it's, it's bizarre. She'd said as well that she would quite willingly have gone to the police to talk to them and be interviewed, but they rocked up, guns drawn, and properly they were probably arrested just excited because she was a celebrity. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah the whole thing is crazy, it's, and it sounds like it was really gung ho. Like they'd, yeah, I think people got extra time in exams. Some other people got their exams corrected. After 
after they'd done the exam. Other people were kind of made out to be these sporting stars to get them into an elite school because they were, say, a rower, when they were no such thing. They just had a picture taken of them sitting on a rowing machine. (laughs) I mean, the whole thing, like you said... Well, we don't know what Felicity Huffman's take on this is. I mean, it could be sort of perfectly innocent. But we do know that the guy that's accused of being the sort of ringleader of all of this... Did you see that TMZ have got a um, a video that he'd put together because he was trying to pitch his own reality show um, of oh basically how how I can get you... Oh, I shouldn't do the accent, sorry, Stevie. <laughs> um, how he could get... It was the, the college system worked and how it cost millions oh my goodness, to get he you. Boasted. So basically, he's being boastful. Yeah, boasting about this sort of thing and he's pleaded guilty to this. Um, so everyone, basically all these Hollywood parents are quaking in the boots wondering if they're going to be the next ones to get the uh, knock on the door and the the killer of it all as well is most in most of the cases the students didn't know so it's all of these parents that will have done it quietly and there'll be kids finding out that oh really mummy (laughs) plus plus sadder still a whole load of kids that should have got in that didn't get in because their place to went to someone who didn't really win that place and we'll never know who oh goodness what are the parents thinking they lost their minds (laughs) Parents trying to get their kids who are not that, you know, uh, academically, you know, good in order to get them into their schools. I I get it, but it doesn't make any sense. Crime never pays. Crime never pays, kids. And on that note, (laughs) shall we leave you? It's been a very dark podcast this week, but um, it has been fun nevertheless. Nice to see you guys. I'm glad. Yeah, and if if you think we've been too dark, let us know what you'd like to hear about next time. Exactly. And then we can can look into it. Um, yes, so do. Uh, if you want to get in touch with any of us, then uh, make sure you do. I am uh, at SpennyPix on Instagram. Bethany, how do we find you? I like tweeting at Bethany Minnell. And Stevie? I too like tweeting at <laughs> Wongy One. <laughs> yes, so do get in touch with us um, and we'll look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks' time. Bye. 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 Bye.